with Aidan McCaffrey. Such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah. I've kind of picked the worst time imaginable to start a film podcast, basically while the industry is collapsing. I guess I've always gravitated to the dark things in life. I could have started a podcast in the golden age of cinema, but I was merely a glint in my father's father's eye in the 1930s. In fact, I don't even think my grandfather had started producing seed then. He may not have even hit puberty. So I couldn't, there's literally no way I could have started a podcast or even just a radio broadcast about how great the industry is going. As a result, I had to wait until 2020 to start my podcast. And every week it's essentially just me saying, industry's fucked. Hope you like streaming classic films. That's all we're going to be doing till the rest, for the rest of our lives. I say glint in my father's father's eye. Here's a fact, non-film related, but we're going to have to get used to those because there's going to be no more film facts this time next year because there'll be no films or industry. Here is a fact. You exist in your grandmother's womb at one point. Because when a woman is, is made, all her eggs are inside her already. All the eggs she's going to bleed out in her life they're all there so which means when your grandmummy is pregnant with your mummy you're you're inside her so we've all been inside our grandmothers i told you it was going to be a bleak podcast people film news movie news celluloid happenings uh jamie fox is going to be in spider-man 3 as electro Who's Electro, you ask? Well, he's actually been in a film, but it was a film very few people watched. Yeah, uh, Electro is a character in the Spider-Man universe. He's like a villain who can harness electricity or something. And he was a villain in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, starring Andrew Garfield from The Social Network. That film didn't do great. It didn't do terribly, but just no one liked it, and it didn't gross anywhere near the kind of sweet, sweet-ass coin that Sony wanted it to make. And this is weird news because there's no nostalgia factor here in casting Fox as Electro in the new Spider-Man iteration snowing Tom Holland. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 bombed. Many people felt Electro was one of the worst things about it, but here we are. It reminds me of the news that they cast Michael Keaton as Batman in the upcoming Flash film. Just a way of saying, guys, we know you don't give a shit about the DC Cinematic Universe or the character of the Flash, but you loved Michael Keaton in Batman, didn't you? You loved it when he went, Now you wanna get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. So putting him in this film, and it's working, because I've been suckered in. I'm definitely gonna watch that film. A film I had no interest in until they cast Keaton as an aging Batman. But this one's weird, like, who's gonna be excited by this Electro news? The national power grid. Weird. Remember, with great power, mansion free membership in the palm beach polo and country club and yes a swimming pool now we get to the apocalyptic news no time to die the new james bond film has been delayed until april the 2nd 2021 doctor no release date the spy who loved me but not until easter 
a view to a release date. License to kill cinema chains. The November the 12th release date is not enough, commercially. Release another day. Box office fall. That's that Skyfall. Spectre of commercial success disappearing. In itself, this is just like all the other news we've been hearing about films being delayed and pushed back and all that. But this is important because because they've pushed um, Black Widow back and they've pushed Wonder Woman back. No Time to Die, the new Bond film, was one of the few big blockbuster films that was coming out. It's worth noting that a lot of cinemas in the UK have been ticking along. Tenet hasn't done amazingly, but that, with the combination of sort of showing classic films, has allowed cinemas to keep ticking along, but financially only on the promise that there is a big blockbuster around the corner. Now there isn't. And since this has happened, it's been announced that Cineworld Group are closing all of their Regal Cinemas in the US and all the cinemas in the UK, which includes Picture House. Now, Cineworld have since tweeted to clarify this, and they say, We can confirm we are considering the temporary closure of the UK and UK cinemas, but a final decision has not yet been reached. Once the decision has been made, we will update our staff and customers as soon as we can. God, that's a depressing thought. Here's my take on this. Put on your thermal vests. Here comes a hot take. I don't think film studios are pulling their weight here. What film studios are doing is, they're going, we don't want to make half the money we could make. We want to make all the money we could make. We don't want to make $500, $600 million gross on Black Widow if we think it can take $1.1 billion, which it probably can. That's what Spider-Man Far From Home took. That's what Captain Marvel took. And they don't, want to, they don't want to make half. They want it all. And if they think Bond can hit a billion, which it might, it might not. There's only been $1 billion grossing Bond film, and that is Skyfall. And then Spectre took about $800 million. I think they're being a little bit selfish here because the fact is cinemas need those big films to get people in and I think what they should do is they should just cut their losses and accept that in these times you can't hit those monies but if they want the industry to survive they're gonna have to give some bait to the cinemas to bring in viewers even if it means accepting we have a Bond film maybe it's only gonna gross 500 million dollars fine at least there'll be cinemas open next year for when they release whatever film they're releasing next year. And I know the profit margin on 500 million would be tight. It's worth noting that if you make a film that costs $200 million, you are going to spend probably double that, if not more, marketing it. I get that your profit margins will be slim, but you're talking about the survival of the industry. And what's the point in releasing Bond next Easter and releasing Black Widow next Easter and all these films if there's not going to be any cinemas to release it into. God, that's a really, really depressing thought. Now, maybe I'm being apocalyptic. It's only Cineworld that have announced they're closing, but there's no reason to think that this could not also happen to all of the other cinema chains, you know, like Odeon and whatnot, and View, and whatever cinemas you have in America, you know, Big Kahuna Cinema, and all that jazz. Slash Film have reported that dozens of filmmakers, including, but not limited to, Martin Scorsese, Taika Waititi, that's how you say his name, Sophie Coppola, Seth Rogen, Greta Gerwig, Barry Jenkins, Kathy Yan, Michael Bay, Jude Apatow, Edgar Wright, Alfonso Cuaron, M. Night Shyamalan, and more. They've all signed a letter addressed to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, and House Republican Leader Kevin McCarthy. In it, they ask Congress to prioritise assistance to the hardest-hit industries like our country's beloved movie theatres. So... Maybe, maybe Senate will act. I don't know. It's difficult to tell. The Senate, to be fair to them, they did do a massive stimulus early this year in response to the initial COVID outbreak. 
But I think there's been some politics since then. <laughs> there's a hot take. There's been some politics this year. Put your ice packs on your forehead, people. There's a hot take. Yeah, they did pass a big stimulus, but now it's getting into political territory because they did what they had to do. But now the Democrats are saying, we want another one. We want a $3 trillion stimulus. The Republicans are going, yeah, do we need it? In theory, if they passed another stimulus, maybe they could help save save cinema chains. To give you um, a taste of how bad things are in America, Tenet was the highest grossing film last weekend with $3.4 million. And that gives it <laughs> that gives it the distinction of being the lowest grossing chart-topping film in 32 years since 1988 when David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers topped the box office with $3 million. Ooh. And you've had inflation since then. God, that's a really, 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 really depressing thought. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to wait till next year. Walt Disney Studios has announced that the Lion King, they're doing a follow-up to the Lion King, the live-action CGI one, and it's going to be directed by Barry Jenkins, which is bizarre. Barry Jenkins, he did uh, Moonlight, and uh, Beale Street could talk, so I guess this is going to be called If Pride Lands Could Talk. It's being penned by Jeff Nathanson, who wrote the first film. It's always interesting when directors do things unexpected. I think I'd rather he didn't do it. I sort of would rather he just carried on making interesting, thoughtful, independent dramas. But I guess there's room for this to be thoughtful, if not independent. Maybe this is going to be a reflection on race, poverty, and homosexuality, like Moonlight, but with amusing animal sidekicks. I did say the one thing missing from Moonlight was a talking meerkat sidekick. It won Best Picture, not Best Director, at the Oscars. I think if they'd thrown in an, a, a wacky meerkat sidekick, could have gone Best Director as well. This is, why, this is why I need to be in Hollywood. Come on, Hollywood. I've got my swipe script ready. I could help out Jenkins make these films better. Actually, the kid in Moonlight, you never... He's being raised by a mum, and I don't think you find out what happened to his dad. So maybe his dad was killed by some stampeding wildebeests, and this is going to tie in with this new Lion King film as a sort of weird sort of Jenkins, Simba cinematic universe. Cinematic universes are all the rage, as we know. Borat 2 has a release date. It's being released on October the 23rd on Amazon Prime, and it has a very funny title, as you'd expect. It's called Borat, Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Mikhail Pence to make benefit recently diminished nation of Kazakhstan. Oh, Sasha, you are cheeky. They released a promotional image of uh, him urging people to wear masks. <laughs> and he was wearing the mask, but where was he wearing it? On his old ding-dong. Oh, dear. Sasha Baron Cohen is back. He's sort of wearing the mask like a mankini with a surgical mask cupping his exterior display. And then with the straps going over his shoulders. So he sort of mankinied the mask. It is quite a funny image. As I was saying in a previous episode, I hope this is good, but you never know with Cohen because his films are sort of a weird mix of genuinely hilarious high satire and gross art humour. It's always it's a bit like reading an Anthony Trollope novel, but every second page is the script for Porky's. The um movie news pub Danza with Aiden McCaffrey. Doug Lehman 
making a space film with Tom Cruise. They're going to go to space and make a film. Presumably Cruise is going to like ride a motorbike off the ISS or something or just launch himself into space but hanging off the side of like the shuttle. Just something mad. But before he does that, he's making a lockdown heist film. You son of a bitch, I'm in. So in this Anne Hathaway and Chewitch, well, age of four, will play a sparring married couple. Is there any other kind? And they call a truce in an attempt to rob a jewellery heist at Harrods during uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. And they've announced that Ben Stiller, Lily James and Stephen Merchant are also going to be in it. Heist COVID-19. This sounds like it's going to be like Ocean's Eleven with social distancing or Ocean's Thirteen with social distancing. Actually, Ocean's Thirteen already had social distancing between the film and paying cinema goers. Uh-oh, soda burn! I'm allowed to make that joke because um, it's not true. It's not true. Ocean's 13 raked it in. They all did. They all did very well financially. Warner Brothers is turning the comic book series Black, which is written by Kwanzaa Osajefo and Tim Smith, three. And this is a... They're making a movie out of this comic, which is set in a world where only black people have superpowers. Uh, could be interesting. Could be an interesting commentary on race and shit. You know there's going to be loads of honky-ass motherfuckers going, Where's our white film where only white people have superpowers? We already live in that world. If white people claim self-victimization while spinning around the world really fast, they can turn time back to the 1950s. If they go really fast, they can do it right back to the 1930s. No sudden move, a new heist film um, is coming out, directed by aforementioned Steven Soderbergh. It's the week of the heists, people. You, you son of a bitch, I am. Good cast. Benico Del Toro, Don Cheadle, Amy Simmons, Ray Liotta, Bill Duke, Julia Fox, John Hamm, David Harbour, Noah Dupe, Brendan Fraser and Kieran Culkin are joining it. This uh, film was originally called Kill Switch and it's about a group of... Uh, Criminals in 1950s Detroit. So it's a 1950s heist film. Uh, presumably it's going to be like Ocean's Eleven, but Don Cheadle has to do his own separate heist in a blacks-only casino next door. Aiden. Reeves. Uh, movie. Magazine. He made when he was nine. Yeah, this is a new section called Aiden Reeves from a movie magazine he made when he was nine. Movie Mania. This is issue two of Movie Mania. From, from dated December the 3rd, 1994, the cover is the cover of Naked Gun 33, The Final Insult. Amusingly, I've drawn a barcode on this, just a square with some lines in. There's three pages in this magazine. The first page is just facts about the Godfather films, which I know for a fact I hadn't seen back then. It just says, Godfather, Oscars 3, Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, The Godfather Part 2, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Picture, Best Art Direction. Godfather Part 3, zero Oscars. I knew what I was talking about back there. I hadn't seen him, but I knew the third one wasn't very good. I've put a star at the end of the page saying The Godfather Part 3 is on during Christmas, which is presumably code for it's going to be on the television box. So if you have a, a VCR with the ability to record things that were on TV 26 years ago, set your, set your box. Move around in circles, people, while claiming self-victimization, and you will go all the way back in time. Initially to the 1990s, set your recorder box, and then back to the 30s. Next page, film flicks. And there's, a, there's an image of a cinema screen showing Naked Gun 33 and a third. 
and then a drawing of a man in a cinema saying, look at the ticket, the third naked gun is a success. Just weird. Imagine if that was the top 10 box office was just crudely drawn sketches of happy cinema managers going, Avengers has done well, in it? I've described, it's, it's like a naked gun special, this. The first one, this is what I wrote, the first one was about a man trying to kill the queen at a baseball game. Of course, they're comedies. Wow, what? why is that? Of course, they're comedies. I've just described a potential political assassination and gone, that he calls lols. The naked gun, they're about police officers going too far. <laughs> this could have been written this year, people. This is scary, prescient stuff. Bottom of the page, I've put the film times for Harrogate Odeon. <laughs> Telephone, 521-590, no area code because I knew my audience was local. And by local, I don't mean my town, I mean my house. But in the week of December the... Actually, that's what I've put December the 3rd. I've put December 3TH. First week of December 94, if you wanted to go to Harrogate Odeon, you could watch Junior PG. It's on at 12.35, 5.20, 7.45. You can watch Miracle on 34th Street, Universal. 12.55, 3.20, 5.45, 8.05. Nightmare Before Christmas. Highlander 3, The Lion King. Oh, it's all tying together this episode. The original Lion King, when Barry Jenkins was just a glint in his father's eye. No, he probably was fairly sure he would have been producing Seed at the time of the original Lion King release, which means uh, could have uh, polished one off to Nala. He wouldn't be the first, and he won't be the last. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely going to put this on Instagram. I made a crossword yep pretty cool absolutely drowning in skirts i was old nine-year-old me bit of fun 10 clues leslie nielsen films oscar tv set director star zucker uh, something that looks like the word ambin i can only assume it's amblin but i can also only assume the incorrect spelling is the one that is in the word search and finally of course number 10 word movie the list of words is because hey, this magazine is Movie Mania, and this podcast is the Movie News Pedanza. I, I presumably when I'm like, I made this when I was nine, I'm making this podcast now when I'm 35, presumably when I'm like 70, and you know, podcasts are just little downloadable brain grams that go straight into your head. I'll be doing like the Movie Gram injection, and then I'll include samples of this podcast and say, look what I found that I made when I was younger. And the cycle will continue, not for much longer, because shortly after that, I will become fertilizer. I'll whack that word search up on Instagram, at Aiden McComedy. We might be entering a second lockdown. You're gonna need some fun. You're gonna need something to pass the time. And what better way to do that than to complete a word search written by a nine-year-old boy in 1994. If you have any other general thoughts, feelings, or impulses based on what you've heard today just give me an at aforementioned instagram or facebook or twitter it's at aiden muck comedy across all those mediums that's it that's the end of issue two although weirdly i've put issue three then tip extra out slightly and put issue two i was very precocious that i probably was a perfectionist and i'd gone issue two is not good enough i'm scrapping it i'm budging up episode issue three to issue two because it's not perfect Whereas this issue, which contains the Times for the Harrogate Odeon, 
and some Oscar stats on the Godfather films, I deemed that to be a masterpiece and I released it. Another interesting fact about this, as I discussed last, I can't remember if I discussed this last week, but I certainly put it on Instagram. It was, it was 30p and then I'd put a little sticker over it and change the price to 15p, recognizing even on the first issue that this had limited retail potential. And yet, despite that, the cost of this issue is 25p. <laughs> Just gone. No, I think more people will buy the second one. So 25p, that's what I'm asking for. I wonder if I sold any copies. I had elder brothers, they probably bought a couple just to shut me up. And I probably thought I'd made it as a magazine magnate. I say this is an excellent podcast with an extremely valuable objective worthy of my best efforts. So I posted a question for this week on Twitter. The question was, what non-superhero films would you like to see have a shared cinematic universe like the MCU? Here are some examples I came up with. Schindler's List, plus shopping, plus things to do in Denver when you're dead. That's the List's cinematic universe. Jaws, plus Boogie Nights, plus Super Size Me. The We're Going to Need a Bigger Thing cinematic universe. The Last Starfighter, plus The Last Action Hero, plus The Last Emperor. The Annoying Cinematic Children universe. No one really engaged with this question the way I hoped. I was hoping you'd all come up with some similarly witty combos, but... I sort of just had a lot of like people going like, oh yeah, all Christopher Nolan films. They can, they can all be a cinematic what universe. What? Um, David Ferguson came up with, uh, he said uh, King Ralph and Children of Men are in the same universe. <laughs> he said King Ralph follows the fall of the British monarchy. Society falls apart at a fundamental level. We don't know why there are no children being born, but it leads into the world we find in Children of Men. <laughs> Good answer, David. He came up with another one. Um, he says this isn't his theory, but he, and he didn't tell me where he'd found it. <laughs> but he said the building kill props cinematic universe and he said, <laughs> Kevin from Home Alone is the saw killer. Along the way, he built the horror equipment you see in Hostel. So yeah, there you go. Building kill props. Home Alone, Saw, and Hostel are all in the same universe. Declan Kennedy just put Police Academy. <laughs> okay, that, that is funny though. I like that I've asked a convoluted question. Uh, what disparate films would you like to see show a universe? And he's just said, Police Academy. Not even the Police Academy films. Police Academy, please. Okay. Maybe like Police Academy and The Wire. Police Academy 5, Assignment Baltimore Projects, for example. Credits. Don't do this by my... Well, I do do this by myself, but I got lots of free music from the Free Music Archive, including Six Umbrellas and their song Temples and their song Acid House, Mon Placer, that's the music you're hearing under this bit now, their song Garage, TRG Banks, Christmas Day, that's the weird tinkery music underneath the Aiden Reads from a movie magazine he made when he was nine section. And Philip Saro playing back air on the G-string piano slot arrangement is the piano bed you hear under most of this podcast. Each of these episodes, once I've got the MP3, boom, it's out there for the whole world in seconds, thanks to Anchor. Maybe this is part of the problem. This is why so many people are making podcasts these days. Just Anchor is contributing to the pod landfill that is modern audio culture. But hey, I'm grateful for it. Thanks, Anchor. I'm off now. You'll hear me next week. Remember, with great ass comes unwanted attention.